Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Genesis today. Uh, My name is Paul Mumon. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you've got a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to take it. Uh, If you use something like the YouVersion app on your phone, uh, you can go to Matthew chapter 6. We also got some Bibles uh, on the floor around the room. Matthew chapter 6 or uh, page 678. And uh, we're going to look at a few other verses together first. But uh, if you'll just kind of keep your place uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we'll eventually get there. Uh, I'm excited that we're starting a brand new new series today called Mine, and I just want to be truthful right up front because I know that anytime we start a series about money or finances that some of you get a little nervous, Uh, you know, some of you maybe start breaking out in hives or, you know, we get all shaky and uh, we get a little nervous about what's going to come from it, but let's just kind of all relax Breathe in and breathe out, you know, just kind of enjoy being here together uh, today. I want you to know that this isn't a series on why God needs more of your money or why you need to give more of your money. No one's going to force anything uh, from you or uh, make you give anything up today. But what we're going to talk about uh, these next three weeks really is more of a uh, holistic approach uh, to money because the truth is this. The truth is that God cares about every aspect of your life. Uh, He cares about every part of your life, every aspect of your life, including your financial life. And you know know how I know that. Uh, Here's one of the ways that I I know that. Because while there are about 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer, uh, over 400 different verses that talk about faith, uh, there are 2,300 verses in the Bible that refer to some aspect of money. And to add to that, Jesus talked uh, repeatedly about it. Uh, one, some have said that one in seven verses in the New Testament have something to do with money and our possessions. We know that nearly every parable that Jesus told about and instructed had something to do with money and possessions. And, and why is that the case? Well, I like how one person said it. Author Greg Laurie says this. He says, there is a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about or how we handle uh, money. And it's not just limited to giving and generosity either. I mean, there are verses in the Bible that talk about how we earn our money. There are verses in the Bible that talk about how we save our money, verses about how we spend our money, verses in the Bible, how we invest our money or how we give our money. I mean, the truth is that God cares about every aspect of your financial life. It's kind of like this. Let, let, let's suppose that after the service today, uh, your car doesn't start. And uh, because it doesn't start, maybe you come and find me. And uh, what I may decide to do is I may loan you my 2005 Toyota Corolla uh, that I'm just loving that's completely paid for. And uh, I could do that for you because, you know, my wife might be able to take me home. And so uh, as I loan you my car, I might say something to you like, okay, well, please be careful with it. Now, you might uh, interpret a statement like, that is something like, you know, don't wreck my car. Uh, but when I say something like that, you know, it's, it's not just because I, I'm concerned about you wrecking my car. I mean, when I say something like that, I'm, I'm also concerned at the very same time that you don't like rev the engine to 7,000 RPMs, you know, over uh, and over again. I, I, I'm concerned. I want to make sure that you don't fill it up with diesel, all right, because it doesn't take diesel. I, I want to make sure that you don't plan to rob a bank with it or that you're going to spill your latte in between the seats or you're going to let your cat run loose. Uh, in my car or something. Now, why, why would I say this to you? Why would I ask you to be careful with my car? Well, it's mine, all right? And I've entrusted you with it uh, with, to, to, to care for it. Now, consider 
how this way of thinking uh, might, or consider how this approach uh, might affect uh, your, your way of thinking, uh, especially as you consider these words. Uh, and Daniel read them for us at the beginning of this service. Psalm 24, uh, verse 1. Uh, David says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How much? Everything, right? David says, the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, which means that it all belongs to him. Uh, it's a reminder for us that he created all things. I mean, we know as followers of Christ that he is our provider. I mean, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Well, does that include my money? Well, I don't know. What do you think? You know, is it in the world? I mean, is money one of those ways that God prov provides for our needs? See, here's the thing. If you've committed your life to following Jesus, all right, and you agree that the Bible is the authority uh, for life, well, then all of my money, all of my possessions, the reality is, is it's not mine at all. It doesn't belong to me. It all belongs to him. Now, if you're here with us today and you're not a Christian, I just want you to know this morning that you're in luck, all right? You've got the opportunity really over these next few weeks to just kind of take three weeks off with us. I hope you'll still come, but uh, you can just kind of kick back and watch other people get nervous, you know, as we talk about these sort of things, because here's the case, you know, what, what we're going to talk about over these next three weeks, if you're not in Christ, doesn't have to apply to you, all right? But the good news is, I think that if you'll lean, a lean in a little bit and consider some of the principles that we're going to talk about together... Well, you might gain something from this series too if you'll allow yourself, if you'll open yourself up to that. But for the rest of us, I mean, for those of you that are here today, for those of you that are here this morning that would say, you know what, I've put my faith and my trust in Christ. I'm doing everything that I can to follow him. Well, I want us to begin by acknowledging today that the earth is the Lord's and everything that he has put in it, it all belongs to him. Everything, all we have, it all belongs to him. And that includes your money and that includes all of your possessions. Now, maybe you hear something like that and you immediately want to push back a little bit, push back uh, on a statement like that or truth like that, especially if you're struggling right now, especially if you're, if you're going through a difficult season. I mean, maybe, maybe we'd want to say something like, well, if he's my provider, well, then why isn't he sending a little more money my way right now? Because he certainly must know that we need it. Or if the Bible's true when it says that the Lord owns a, uh, all the cattle on thousands of hills, you know, well, why, why can't I keep my car running? Or why does it seem like my kids are the only ones that need braces? Or uh, if it all belongs to him, I mean, can I build my dream house? Or can I get that club membership? Or can I, can I spend some of it on a Caribbean cruise next month? I mean, isn't it true? I mean, we all ask questions like that. I mean, if you're in Christ, we ask these sort of questions. We, we've got these questions We've got these worries when it comes to money and possessions. We've got this confusion about, uh, on how to save and how to spend and how to give our money. I mean, don't, I mean, wouldn't you all say we all get a little overwhelmed with money from time to time? I know that in my life, I get a little overwhelmed, a little stressed out by the thought of money. I mean, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by it. It's so easy to feel consumed by it. It's so easy to be worn down by money. But can I give you some good news uh, this morning? Here's the good news for us. Here's the good news for those of you that are in Christ or if you come to a relationship with Christ. See, the good news for us is that God sent Jesus to set you free. God, God sent Jesus to this world to set you free. And if you're a Christian, you already know that. I mean, you know that his death on the cross defeated sin and that his resurrection from the dead has set you free from the grip of, uh, of sin, the, the grip of re regret in your life. Romans chapter 8 Verse two, I mean, where does that freedom come from? The apostle Paul writes, it's because through Christ Jesus, 
the law of the spirit of life who gives life, who, who gives life what, what has he done for us? He has set us free from the law of sin and death. See, the truth for us is that Christ died to set us free from sin, but it's more than that. It's, it's more than that for us too. See, I believe that Jesus came to set us free from every kind of bondage that threatens to take hold of us in our lives, and that includes financial bondage too. And that is why when, you know, we treat money like it's a God, uh, when, when, when we convince ourselves that money is the only thing that can protect us, uh, that money is the key to a better future, I mean, when, when money is your measuring stick, it really is a sign that we're living in at least some sort of bondage when it comes to finances, when it comes to money. And so the answer to that is really that there's only one answer. The answer to that, that bondage for us is Jesus. Jesus came to set us free. I mean, it's what Jesus said with his own words. In John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus said it like this. He says, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. See, the truth for us today, the truth for you this morning is that God sent Jesus Christ to set us free from all things. And I know that for a good portion of you that are here today, that are in this room this morning, you've experienced that freedom in your life, that freedom from sin. I mean, you've surrendered your life to the Lord and and you're finding freedom from sin through Jesus Christ. Well, just as God gives us spiritual freedom through Jesus, I believe with all of my heart that he wants to give us financial freedom in our lives too. And he wants to set us free from every burden and every anxiety and every fear. And that includes fear when it comes to our finances. But here's what's surprising and maybe even a little sad to me and maybe for some of you. There are, there are just so many people today, so many people, so many Christians today that haven't discovered that freedom from financial bondage yet. We just haven't gotten there. And and I'm afraid to say that maybe for some of you here today, even in this room right now, that you're in Christ, but you're still living in bondage to your money. And for some people, it's years after they find spiritual freedom before they ever find financial freedom. And for some people, sadly, it never happens at all. Uh, Pastor Bill Hybels reconciles it like this. He says, far more Christ followers, this is in his life and his ministry as he's discovered, he says, far more Christ followers have had spiritual reconciliations with Jesus than financial reconciliations. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. It's sad because Jesus wants to set us free in every part of our lives and Well, if you've ever had a spiritual stronghold in your life, whether that be an addiction, whether that be a sin pattern, whether that be something in your life that you've wanted to get rid of, but you couldn't get rid of, but one day Jesus did that for you. Jesus was the, the most important part of finding freedom like that in your life. I mean, you know that the only way to discover that freedom is to completely surrender that area of your life over to him. Well, the same is true when it comes to our finances, because if we're gonna become everything that God has intended us to become as followers of Christ, and that includes being set free financially, which is, again, God's desire for every single one of you here today and for me. Well, what we want to examine over the next few weeks, what we want to realize is that there's some ideas, there's some truths, there's some principles that we need to embrace. Like, if we're going to take these steps, if we're going to allow our thinking to be changed, if we're going to allow God to, to really work in our lives and transform us to see something like money and possessions, that it all belongs to him and how that works through us and changes the way that we live our lives. Well, again, what I want to look at with you over these next few weeks are some principles that I think can really at least help us in taking those steps in that, really open our hearts to 
to, to the work that God wants to do in and through us. And so uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about a few of these things. Like next week, uh, I'm, I'm going to be here and I'm going to talk about whether it's really mine to give, all right, or whether it's really yours to give. I mean, how, how do we need our change, a change in thinking when it comes to our generosity? Uh, Ben's going to be over at our Carmel campus, and he's going to talk about whether it's really mine to spend, all right? And, and if we change our mindset in that area of realizing first that it all belongs to him, well, how does that affect and change our spending. In two weeks, Ben and I'll switch places. He'll be here and I'll head over to Carmel. But um, we want to start with this today. Just start with this reality, this principle, this truth for us. It's this reality that all I have, all right, everything that I have right now, all all of my uh, assets, it's not mine. These have been entrusted to me from the Lord, everything that I have. And over the next few weeks, we're going to say it this way. If you're taking notes and you want to write this down, we want to say, we want to discover, we want to realize that all I have comes from the hand of a loving loving God. All I have, all we have comes from the hand of a loving God. In fact, this is so foundational to what we're going to talk about over these next few weeks. Why don't you just say it with me? Let's just say it together. All I have comes from the hand of a loving God. Let's say it like we believe it, all right? All I have comes from the hand of a loving God. James, the uh, brother of Jesus, says it like this in James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, every good and perfect gift, whether that be my car, whether that be my second car or third car, I don't have a third car, uh, whether it be uh, my truck, whether it be uh, the home that we're building, whether it be my children, whether it be the money that I have in savings, the money that I have in retirement, the extra bedroom we have in our house right now, the food that's on our table, James says, every good and perfect gift comes from where? From above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. James says every gift that we have, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's just a reminder that God is the source of everything good. He's our provider. He's our sustainer. And his timing is perfect. All right, his timing is perfect for us. And he's a good father. And as a good father, he loves to provide for his children. You see, all that I have comes from the hand of a loving God. Do you believe that? I just want you to be honest with yourself this morning, and even as you consider where you are in life right now, as it comes to uh, the problems and challenges before you, maybe some of your fears and anxieties that has to do with finances and possessions, do you believe? Do you believe that? Can you say that I believe that all I have is from the hand of loving God? Because let me be honest with you for a minute. I don't always believe that. Or um, I might uh, say that or think that with my head, but if I'm honest with you, I don't always believe that with my heart, and here's why. And uh, maybe it's the same reason why you might struggle with something like this. Like, uh, if I'm honest uh, with you, I might say, there's a part of me that might want to say that, you know what, I get up every morning, and I go to work, and I get dressed with, with the clothes that I bought, and I, uh, I put the food in my lunch bag, you know, the food that, that we purchase, and I get in the car that I own, and I go to work, and I maybe work my 40 to 50 hours on any given week, and I earn a salary, and in order to do that, I had to go to school, and I had to graduate from high school and I had to get a college degree and then a graduate degree. And so uh, if I'm honest, when I think about my life, you know, there's a part of me that at times, a self-centered part of me that might want to say, you know what, I put in my time and I, 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 I used my abilities and I used my energy uh, to earn the rewards of my labor. I mean, no one can tell me what to do with my hard-earned money, right? I mean, not the government, uh, not the church, you know, not even my wife. 
Please don't tell her I said that. She's not in here right now. She'll be in here next hour. I'll change that up. But, but I think you know what I, I mean when I say that. But uh, in a way, it's all true. I mean, you set an alarm in the morning, right? You get up in the morning. You choose to go to work or go to school. You, you go to work because you want to earn money. You want to be a hardworking individual to provide for your needs. Well, let me tell you what any good econ prof will tell you, uh, that money is simply a medium of exchange, all right? And that what it allows you to do is to trade or to exchange the fruits of your labor uh, for the fruits of someone else's labor. And so you trade your time, you trade your talent, you trade your energy for the value of someone else's. Like in the old days, uh, I might trade with you. You might pick me a bushel of apples and I might churn you uh, a pound of butter. Uh, But what would I do if I didn't need any more butter? Well, that's why they came up with money. Uh, Because of money, it allows you to store the value of your labor to exchange at a future time for someone else's. Well, here's the thing. Although I've given my time, although you give your time, you didn't create time. The time you have is a gift from the Lord. And although you used your talent, and maybe over the years you've developed that talent over and over again, those talents and those abilities were given to you by God and other gifted people have worked in your life, have poured in you and invested in you so that you could develop your talents. Uh, And again, you wouldn't do these or have these things if it were not for them. Think about it. I mean, without a competent doctor there at your birth, you could have died at delivery. Uh, Those first few years of your life, I mean, you wouldn't have survived without a loving adult to feed you, to bathe you, to change your diapers. You ever thought about these things? I mean, think about the fact that someone taught you to read and taught you to talk. Someone taught you math and taught you how to write. Someone drove you to school and taught you how to drive. Someone made the clothes that you're wearing today, made your bagel this morning and built the car that you drove here in. Someone made the mattress that you slept on last night and built the apartment uh, that kept you warm. Life is a gift for us, every second of it. Whether we realize it or not, all of us are dependent on resources in the hands of others we may or may not even know. And that in no way is to take away any iota from how hard you've worked or how much you've invested or what it's taken to get you here today. I mean, I still believe we live in a country where anyone with ambition or a talent or a desire to work hard ought to be able to get ahead and make something of their life. But even these things are a gift from above. They are a gift from God. You see, all that we have comes from the hand of a loving God. All that you have today in your life right now comes from the hand of a loving God. And that includes your job, whether you like it or not, your home, whether you're satisfied with it or not, your friends and family, that car that you're driving now that maybe you hate, that you have to do everything to just keep it running. All we have comes from the hand of a loving God. And believing this, believing this can really be the first step We're setting you free, setting you free from things like financial bondage, setting you free from things like anxiety and worry. I mean, believing this can set you free from the financial bondage that some of you find yourself in here today, so torn up by, so consumed by today. You know, in addition to speaking about money, the New Testament has a lot to say about worry too and our confusion and our anxiety. And I want to read for you a rather lengthy passage of scripture that really confirms this truth that all we have comes from the hands 
of a loving God. And I want to give you uh, kind of the context for this quickly. This was uh, during one of Jesus' early sermons and maybe his most famous sermon uh, for us. We, all, we, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he was speaking to his disciples. He was pouring into and really training, discipling these men who were going to give their lives for him. But there was a crowd of people that uh, were listening in on this message too as Jesus talked about life, as he gave this picture of what the kingdom of God really looks like, of what it looks like to, to really live your life fully and completely for him. And so I wanna read this in Matthew chapter six. I ask you to turn there at the beginning, Matthew six, beginning in verse 24. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine Jesus speaking these words into your life today. Uh, fully aware of your circumstances fully aware of your situation, fully aware of your challenges, your crisis that you're in right now. I really want you to hear these words from the Lord, to hear these words from our Savior who loves you. And in fact, maybe you'll just kind of take these words this week and just kind of make this your study, make this your prayer all week long. Uh, but hear these words from, from Jesus over you today, beginning in verse 24. Jesus says, you know, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then just very boldly, he says, you cannot serve both God and money. See, God's not looking for any sort of part-time devotion or part-time loyalty from any of us. He, he wants full trust, complete trust, absolute devotion and dependence in him. Verse 25, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks, are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus just reminds them that worry has no place in the lives of, of his disciples, of his followers. And he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But then Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom. It's his challenge, it's his prayer for us that we will come under the, the sovereignty of our father, that we will trust him fully and completely to be completely dependent on him. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, Jesus says in so many different ways that we don't have to worry. We don't have to allow our lives to be filled with confusion and anxiety. Jesus says that we don't have to live in bondage to these things like fear, but we can trust the Lord. We can trust our father in heaven as the provider, as the director of all good things because it all belongs to him and his promises that he will provide for our every need. And do you know how I think Jesus knew that? He experienced it. He's speaking from, from life experience here. I mean, he experienced that. I, I believe he experienced that as a kid. 
Uh, I believe that he experienced that as a teenager. I believe he experienced that in his public ministry. I, I think about Jesus going off into the wilderness and facing head on these temptations from Satan at a very weak point uh, in his life. And, and Jesus, Jesus could have given in at that moment, but he didn't because he was completely dependent on his father for all things. Jesus was de- totally dependent on the Lord of heaven for all of his needs. And he wants those very same things for you and me too. He wants to see that in his children. That's what he's praying for us. That's what he's urging us to do. See, Jesus came to set us free. He came to set you free. And if you're, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have one master. And that's our father in heaven. And that just means that with that, he's, he's got your back. That, that our father in heaven, that he will provide for you. Uh, it's this promise from Jesus that, that God is more than capable of helping you through whatever may come, whatever you're going through right now or whatever is before you this week. Do you believe that? You can. You can believe that. You can trust that. You can trust him that he is good. See, the reality is that we don't have to live in financial bondage any longer because Jesus came to set us free from these things. And for some of you, uh, that next step in, in beginning to realize that freedom is acknowledging that all we have comes from the loving hand or the hand of a loving God. And that's just inviting God to renew our minds. It's inviting God to uh, change our mindset, to change our perspective, to change the way that we see all we have right now, to change the way we see uh, that car, to change the way we see our home or your apartment, to, to change the way that we see that extra bedroom that we have in our house. All we have comes from the hand of a loving God. It all belongs to him. And let me ask you this question. If you come to the place where you're able to say and believe that everything that you have belongs to the Lord, that everything that you have is a gift from God, well, what's the proper response to a gift? I mean, what do you say when somebody gives you a generous gift? The proper response is to say thank you. We say thank you. We say, we say thank you for what we've been given. And that can be hard, right? It can be hard to say thanks. I mean, you know it's awkward at times when someone gives you a gift that maybe you don't feel like you really deserve or gives you a, a compliment that's maybe a little over the top. And so if you're like me at all, we want to kind of defer a little bit or we might say, well, you didn't really have to do that or I, I don't really deserve that or I couldn't have done that without others' help. Sometimes you know it's difficult to say, but in those situations, in those moments, it's simple. I mean, the right response is to simply reply with a thank you. I mean, thank you never fails to be an appropriate response to someone else's generosity. Uh, thank you never uh, makes the other person feel awkward. It's always appropriate, and it always helps the receiver to understand that, well, I didn't earn this gift. You know, I didn't earn this compliment, whatever it is, but it was given to me, and therefore I should be thankful for it. Embracing this idea that life is a gift that every good and perfect gift uh, is from the Lord can really help us see life and money and the things that we have. Uh, we can see these things differently. Uh, it's one of those things that can lead us away from desiring more of life stuff or, uh, you know, uh, not being nearly as dissatisfied, you know, maybe that we're guilty of being dissatisfied from time to time. But instead, by saying thank you, by taking this attitude of, gen- of, of gratitude into our lives to really be more thankful realizing what's been provided for us. 
Uh, let me illustrate like this. How many of you uh, have ever come across this blog called Momastery? Anybody seen or heard of this blog? Uh, I, just, I just became aware of it this past week, but it's written by a woman named uh, Glennon Doyle Melton, and uh, she's a recovering alcoholic and addict who's now a mom and an author, uh, and she really just kind of embraces the messiness of life uh, with her blog. And she wrote a blog post a while back and included a picture of her family uh, standing in the kitchen of their home. Now, uh, in response, uh, several readers uh, didn't really comment on the topic that maybe she was addressing, but instead started commenting and even critiquing her kitchen and uh, started offering, you know, uh, things like, you know, hey, we can help you with that kitchen. We can help you update uh, your kitchen. And so she started looking at those pictures then really with a critical eye and thinking, yeah, I didn't even realize it. But yeah, now that you say it, my kitchen could use some refreshing. But then something happened that made her look again, and she started to see with new eyes the things that she already had, that she had already been given. And this is what she wrote uh, with her refrigerator for everyone to see. She wrote back, you know what, you guys? I have a refrigerator, and this thing magically makes food cold. I'm pretty sure in the olden days, Frontier's woman's had to drink warm Diet Coke, but sweet Jesus, thank you for this precious kitchen. Uh, this next picture of her food. She says, In my, inside my refrigerator is food, healthy food that so many parents would give anything to be able to feed their children. Did you know that almost 16,000 mama's babies die every day from malnutrition? Not mine. When this food runs out, I'll jump into my car to get more. It's ludicrous, really. It's like my family hits the Powerball every morning. Uh, this next picture of her faucet. She says, this crazy thing is a water faucet. I pull this lever and clean water pours out every time, day or night, 780 million million people worldwide, that is one in nine lack access to clean water. Mamas everywhere spend their entire day walking miles to and from wells just for a single bucket of this and have it right here at my fingertips. I'm almost embarrassed to say that we also have one of these in each of our two bathrooms, one in our front yard for which we can wash our feet. We use clean drinking water to wash our feet. Holy bounty, she says. Uh, of her microwave, she says, this is the magical box in which I put uncooked stuff. Push some buttons and then a minute later, pull out cooked stuff. It's like the Jetsons up in here. Uh, <laughs> Of her desk, she says, and you guys look, this is the kitchen corner where I keep all of my kids' school stuff. My kids go to a free school with brilliant teachers and a loving administration, and they're safe there. The school sends flyers home about programs and classes and clubs to make my kids' hearts bigger and softer and their brains sharper and their bodies healthier. This corner reminds me every day that my kids have at their fingertips what so many around the world are giving their lives for, quality education. You know, let me just ask you this. I, I don't think in any way she's challenging us to, be, uh, to feel guilty for what we have, but instead to be grateful for what we've been given and provided. And so let me just ask you this this morning. What are the things in your life that maybe you need to see through new eyes? Uh, for some of you today, it could be your finances. Uh, to pray and ask the Lord to give you new eyes to see your finances that you've been given. And one of the things that may be so helpful uh, in seeing these th uh, th things, these good and perfect gifts uh, with new eyes, is to really just practice saying thank you all day long and all week long for what we've been given and provided. It might look like this for you this week, to, if you're a kid, to say thank you to your parents uh, when they cook you a meal or wash your clothes. Uh, it might mean saying thank you to your kids when they clean up after themselves without even being asked. 
Uh, it may say, uh, mean saying thank you to your barista when she hands you a hot uh, steaming cup of coffee. Or uh, maybe it means saying thank you to your mechanic when he gets your car running right again. It could be saying thank you to that person at work, that one person that drives you bonkers all the time, but they actually help you pr- be productive and get your stuff done. It could mean saying thank you to a teacher that helps you learn stuff, stuff that you don't think you'll ever use, but one day you'll realize it does come in, uh, in handy. And, and most of all, to really practice saying thank you to God who provides everything that we have, every good and perfect gift, these come from above. See, I just believe the key for us in breaking free from financial bondage is to first remember, to acknowledge and remember that it's not mine at all. It all comes from the Lord. It all comes from the hand of a loving God. And what does saying thank you for what I have and what I've been given, what's it do for my heart? How does it make me love him even more? How does it make me trust him and depend on him even more? Now, one last thing, and I don't think I need to say this because I know that you all are smart, but, uh, but just in case, uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Some of you might be thinking, well, if it all belongs to God, then, well, it's not really my debt anyways, right? Uh, I can just kind of leave it up to him. I don't need to pay it, do I? Or uh, if I don't have to worry you know, about anything, well, then I don't need a plan or whatever. Well, That's not true, and I don't think our dependence on the Lord in any way means getting lazy or sloppy with what we've been given. Again, we're still accountable for our financial commitments, and I just want to say this, that if you're in a financial mess right now or just really feeling lost when it comes to your finances, uh, step one, I really believe, is admitting that it all comes from the Lord and being grateful and thankful for what we've been given, Um, but I believe there are some other steps that we can take too, steps that are equally important, steps that are are hard, but, but could really be worth it. And uh, for you, if you're in a place right now where you feel like, you know what, I really need some help and need some instruction in this, I want you to know that in a few weeks, we're going to be offering a group here uh, that we typically offer every year, a group called Financial Peace University. How many of you have ever gone through an FPU group before? Uh, Wow, even some applause, all right. Uh, Well, we're going to be offering this again starting Sunday night, February the 21st. Uh, My wife, Jenny, and I are going to lead this group, and uh, we're going to do it here on Sunday nights from 6 to 7. 30. And uh, if you've been looking for a way of getting connected, but this money piece uh, is applicable to where you are right now, man, we'd love to to share this experience uh, with you. It's a nine-week class. Again, we're going to offer it on Sunday nights. Uh, You can check out more information on our website or through our app or stop by uh, the info hub on your way out today. But again, this is going to start up on February 21st. Uh, My wife and I went through this uh, four or five years back, and it was a life changer for us. And uh, boy, we just love to be able to go through it uh, with you. But uh, last uh, here, it, it's not my money. It all comes from the Lord. And we honor him best when we're good stewards of what he's entrusted to us, when we're reminded that it all belongs to him. And uh, may we remember uh, every day, even this week, that it all comes from the hand uh, of a loving God. We pray with me? Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you, uh, Lord, for being the creator of all things, for being our great provider. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that every good and perfect gift uh, comes from you. And Lord, we want to do our best to honor you with all we've been given or all that you will choose to give us. Uh, Father, we want to trust you with those things that we're concerned about, that we're worrying about right now. Uh, Would you help us to see, to even ask that question today of, do I realize that all I have has been given to me. 
by the hand of a loving God. And um, even those words of Jesus that we looked at a moment ago, I I pray that uh, maybe we can just spend some time meditating on those this week and that you will speak uh, hope into our lives, that you will give us faith to trust and to believe. Um, I pray for those here today that maybe need to take some specific next steps, Lord, that you'll provide the wisdom for those next steps and, and what they can or what they should be. Uh, but just give us the faith to trust you. Help us to see that these things are not mine at all, but they're all from you. They all belong to you. Our great God, our great provider, you are a good father. And we pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm going to invite our host team uh, to come forward right now. We, we have the opportunity of celebrating communion today and really celebrating the greatest gift that has ever been given. And that is in God's son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we read this verse uh, just a, a moment ago in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. The apostle Paul says, you know, because through Christ Jesus... The law of the spirit of life who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. But then he continues on in verse three by saying, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering for us. The greatest gift we have ever been given is our savior, Jesus Christ the one who came and gave his life, who died to set us free from sin and from every kind of bondage. Um, As the communion elements are being passed now, you'll find a cracker which symbolizes the body of Christ was crucified for us and the juice, which is a reminder of his bloodshed for the forgiveness of our sins. And uh, if you're in Christ, uh, we want to invite you to share communion with us today and Uh, Maybe use this time. Just be really intentional with this time as our band sings. And just ask yourself right now, you know, what am I trusting? Am I totally and completely dependent on my Father for all things? Maybe you use this time right now to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the greatest gift ever given me in Jesus. Maybe it's a prayer that God will set you free from the bondage that you find yourself in. Let's celebrate Christ and his death and his life and his life for us, this life that we have together. Uh, You take communion when you're ready uh, as the band just kind of sings this song over us as a prayer, as a response today.